0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Jamie Ellis about how she guides professionals on all levels through transformative growth. Jamie is a former B2B tech marketing executive. After spending her 20s and 30s in a corporate grind in New York City, she reached a point of extreme burnout that left her emotionally and physically depleted. She used her experience as inspiration to launch both a marketing consultancy and a coaching practice that helps people exit stressful jobs and build more meaningful careers. Jamie is also finishing her first book, which will be published next May, around navigating your life when you've changed, but your world hasn't kept up. She walks readers through identifying their drains, adjusting relationships, and salvaging time and energy with the intent of creating a more nurturing environment for continued growth. When she's not working or writing, you can find Jamie cooking elaborate meals, part of her stress debt ritual you can learn about in her book, browsing records or bookshops and traveling to any destination near water. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you here today. So what kind of brought you out of the corporate world and to start your entrepreneurial journey?
1: So I... I exited the corporate world out of forced change, so I actually lost my job after consolidation at the company that I was working at. And I really took a minute to think, okay, is this is this the direction that I want to go? Do I want to get back on this train, or is this an opportunity for me to explore some of these other worlds that I've only heard about but I haven't really dipped my toes in? So it was it was a, a blessing in disguise. I think that when somebody's forced into change related to their career, it often is doesn't feel that way in the moment, but it was very much something that was turned into an opportunity for me to explore and expand my horizons on what was possible.
0: Awesome. Making lemonade out of lemons, right? Exactly. So who's kind of like your avatar, your your ideal client? For
1: the coaching side of my business, I tend to attract people who have spent most of their careers in corporate America and reached a point of burnout and people who are looking to start their own business. And I think it's because I've been that person in both of those scenarios. So I tend to attract people who are looking to do similar things. I work with both men and women. I do one-on-one coaching as well as with teams. But my ideal client is somebody who is really ambitious, who's willing to put in the work, but just doesn't know what they need to do to get there. So how do you get in front of them? I get most of my clients through word of mouth and through LinkedIn. So the the referrals that come in are from people who are, you know, admiring one of my clients things that they've done and accomplished, a business they've launched, a career pivot that they've made, and they, you know, express interest or congratulations and my name comes up at some point in conversation and it for some people it, it piques their interest and they're interested to learn more and then i'm very vocal on social media specifically linkedin because that's where most of my clients sit and linkedin is such a great tool for any anybody who's offering offering professional services it's a really great way to start conversations to to grow your network kind of like a spider web and you can get connected to people who are connected to people you know and if you're talking about something that's of interest to someone else it's it's a great conversation starter referrals can be great that way hey Totally. And I, I have a referral program for my clients too. So if, if somebody sends me a new client, I'll do something for them as a as a thank you, usually in the form of a free session, which is a tune up if somebody's already gone through my program and they want to come back and refine some of their messaging or you know make some tweaks to their resume. It can be a nice a nice incentive for them to send more business my way.
0: Yeah, it's a win-win for everyone that way. Hey. Exactly. So what are couple common mistakes that you see that your clients making? Some common mistakes.
1: A lot of my clients may come to me. They're not leaning into the things that they do excite them or that they're drawn to. So that's, that's the first thing is that they're ignoring that they feel a certain way towards something. And it's, it's usually not too hard to uncover whatever that thing is that excites them. And they're, they really just need permission to be able to explore it. Another mistake I see people make is not seeking out enough help. You know, the the number one thing that my clients tell me when they are finished working with me is I wish that we had done this sooner because sometimes it just takes a partner to share even just the emotional load of everything that needs to get accomplished to get to the, the next level that they're looking for. And... You know, aside from somebody like a coach to help you outline and execute, even finding ways to delegate within your business as it starts to roll is something that people tend to have a hard time letting go of control and embracing. And then the other thing that I see with people who are starting their own business is not taking advantage of tax write-offs. And that's one of the first things that I talk to my clients about when, it, when that's the direction that they're going is, here's all of the things that are... You know, business related expenses that you might not know about. And here's all the things that change frequently. And you need to start tracking this now because this makes a big difference to your bottom line at the end of the year. It's amazing how they all add up. Totally. And even in just 2021, they, in the US, they changed a rule for eating out at restaurants if it's a business related meal to encourage people after the negative impacts that COVID had on the restaurant businesses to encourage people to eat out. You can actually write off 100% of your meal instead of 50%, which was the normal deduction in the US. So that's something interesting for 2021 that a lot of people don't know about.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That makes a huge difference. So you have a book coming out along with your book, which I want to talk about a little bit later. But what are a couple other goals that you are looking to achieve?
1: So the book is the biggest one. It's, you know, I've heard people compare writing a book to, Giving birth, and I have not had children, but I can understand that it's probably a very similar, drawn out and painful process. It's it's taken up a lot of my energy, but the the end is in sight, which is really exciting. The other goals that I have for next year stem from the foundation that that book will build. So the reason why I wrote this book was because I have I have methods and concepts that have really helped people navigate their life when they're going through changes, and I want this information in more hands. So to make it a scalable solution, I want to create a multi-prong approach. So I, I still have my one-on-one clients that I work with and teams that I work with, but you know that's, that's very high touch and not as many people impacted. The book is something that I hope will get into more hands. And then I also want to build some engaging online content for people who are excited by the book and they want to take it a little bit farther, but maybe they don't have the time or money to invest in a more formal coaching engagement. It'd be a great way too to do lead gen as well. Hey, for sure. And I'm, I'm expecting that that will be a big line on my credibility to, to prospective clients.
0: Definitely. So impacting and reaching all those other people, how would that affect your business? Well, it would make me feel really good. I I love
1: to help people. Like the reason why I made this transition in my life was because. I could turn something that I'm really good at into a business. And I could feel full every day from helping people step into a better version of themselves. In my career, the reason why marketing worked for so long was because I was very good at taking a mess, a bunch of information, specifically technical, confusing, convoluted information, and distilling that into something that makes sense and something that's usable for more people. And that's what I'm doing with a lot of these concepts with my clients and hopefully with more people is taking something that's a little bit of a question mark, making it a little bit easier to understand, and then teaching people how to apply it to their own lives in a way that works for them. And those are the things that light me up and make me feel good. So you know, getting this in more hands to more people would just continue to propel the motivation that I have, the excitement that I have, and then hopefully spur on to helping me build more things. What do you feel like is your top roadblocks that might be stopping you? Oh, for me, this year has been really big in defining a short-term strategy and staying in that lane. And that's been a big challenge for me for my entire career is I've I've got all these visions and these grand plans and these ideas. They never stop coming when I can suffer from that shiny toy syndrome that people talk about where... I get an idea and it's this bright and shiny toy and I have to run after it really quickly. And in 2021, I really refined my my skills around and to practice. It takes a lot of work because it doesn't come naturally to me to stay in the lane of, of what I've defined for the you know two or three months ahead of me. So I think that that is going to be my biggest roadblock next year is continuing to maintain that practice because... I've, I'm already seeing this now with some of my advisors and my publisher. They have ideas too about where to take the book and I have to take this one step at a time. So I need to make sure that I'm able to receive ideas without letting them pull me off course for what I've defined for the next couple of months. And you know, I'll do that in two or three month increments for the whole year to really stay focused and make sure that I'm making these incremental steps towards the bigger picture. Because if I if I run off of it, run off and chase every idea that's in front of me, I'll never get anything done. <laughs> right. By the way, I can totally relate to you, so you're not the only one. Especially when you're excited about what you do, it's very easy to get excited.
0: And I love learning new things, so that also is <laughs> gets in the way. Tell me a little bit more about your book, or tell us. Sorry, tell us a little bit more about your book. Sure. So
1: the book was inspired by the journey that I went on. And when I woke up from my corporate burnout and I decided that I had to refocus on myself, I had to heal. I had some pretty severe physical ailments that had transpired during my time in corporate America that got to the point where I could no longer ignore them. And I really had to take care of my health. So I took a break for my entire life. I went into a cocoon. I focused on healing and rest. And when I came out on the other side, I felt like a new version of myself. I found myself in ways that I didn't even know existed. I didn't realize how far off track I had gone, but I felt like this new version of myself. And then when I tried to integrate into my life, because I had gone radio silent for a while, a lot of things didn't fit anymore. And so I noticed all of these shifts in my relationship dynamics. I started noticing in conversations with people that used to be really inspiring to me. There wasn't a depth there that I... Had expected, I felt disconnected from the type of work that I had been doing. I felt kind of lonely in the city that I loved, and all of these things were really confusing. And I started realizing that this is really normal. And it's it's like this secret, hidden trap door after a big growth journey. Is the implementation of the growth is hard because not everything fits the same. So like the tools that you expected to be waiting for you on the other side and the environment to support you, isn't quite what it was when you left it because you've changed so much. So. I started noticing this with my clients. I, the more people I talk to, I realized that this is a really, really common thing. And t- people typically do one of three things. They either wipe their slate clean so they get a new job, you know, get a divorce, move to a new city, get new friends, just kind of start over and, and really try to build something new. They avoid the reality, which usually leads to stress or resentment, or they change themselves and shrink themselves to fit into their old environment. And that's really common, especially in situations where, you know, even if you think about from like a couple that went on a weight loss journey together, if one of them decides to not pursue it anymore, and one of them's trying to practice, you know, the the growth that they've achieved and live a healthier lifestyle, it's really hard to do that when there's somebody really close to you who's going in the opposite direction. And it's really common for people to kind of shrink that, that growth. And instead of figuring out an alternative path. So, all of that said, the the book is meant to find more of a happy medium and it does a lot of foundational work in teaching you how the mind and the body are connected specifically as it relates to stress and understanding your stress signals. It's it helps you identify the energetic drains that are in your life and then it helps you with methods to address those drains, to recalibrate the relationships that you want to keep in your life, and then for the ones that aren't going to serve you, how to ex- exit them gracefully. So, the whole purpose is to create a more nurturing environment for your continued growth. So, it's making sure that you're making small shifts to increase your awareness and be able to continue to build and compound on the growth that you've been investing in.
0: It's crazy to think about how much prolonged stress can really affect our health. Hey, so it's really cool that you've put together a book about that and to be able to help people in multifacets, like multiple areas of their life too. So what is the best advice that you've ever received?
1: I think the best advice I've ever received is that the cost of the decision when it's in service of your future can be seen as an educational cost. So I'll give you an example. I have, the earlier in my career, I passed up on a couple of jobs that would have actually been higher paying for me because I knew that the company that I was choosing had so much room for potential and growth. And I knew that I would be better off five years from now if I chose that decision and decided to expand my skill set. And a a mentor once told me when I discussed this with her that I should consider that loss of potential income. I think it was like $10,000. But when you're 22 that's a lot of money, that I should consider that potential loss of income as an investment in my education. So it would be no different than paying to go to college for a year and being able to build on the knowledge that you gain by investing that. So being able to shift that mindset when when you're thinking about a decision, if you know it's in greater service of your future, even if there's a cost now, that cost can be something that's a, that's a positive investment into yourself. So true. I like that one. What do you think the best advice that you have ever given is? That's a tough one. I like to think I give good advice. Something that somebody told me recently that seemed to resonate with them is that you have to choose your hard. So, no matter which direction you choose, it's going to be hard. And you can choose to stay in a place where you don't feel good or you can choose to work towards a place that's better. But regardless of the path you choose, there is no easy option. And I, I think it's it's very true. I I saw some content recently online about, you know, staying Healthy is hard, but so is being unhealthy. Staying in a marriage that doesn't suit you is hard. Getting a divorce is hard. And it's, it's very true that you just have to pick whichever hard it's going to be and know that it's going to be hard. But the alternative is there's never an easy option. So true.
0: So is there anything that you would like to share with us that we haven't talked about yet? I would
1: love if anybody is interested in the topics of my book, if you know energy awareness and management, relationship management is something that's of interest to you, I would love if you would pre-purchase my book. My pre-sales started on November 19th and they go until December 19th. And if you just Google my name, Jamie Ellis, and the title of the book, Bridging the Gap, you can find my pre-sales page. And from there, you can read a little bit more about the book and some of the exciting concepts that you would be introduced to by reading and any
0: support that anybody is willing to give. I would very much appreciate. Awesome. That sounds good. So is there anywhere else that we can go to learn out more about you and what you do?
1: Yes. So my website, jamie-ellis.com, J-A-I-M-E dash com shares more about um, my background, some of my coaching offerings, and a little bit more about my communication strategy offerings.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you, Jamie, for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.